Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange, stories by leaders for leaders to help you to raise the bar on your own performance and to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's episode. Greetings. It's Tuesday at 2 in Eastern Time Zone. It's time for the Nonprofit Exchange. Every Tuesday for seven and a half years, we've interviewed a thought leader about their specialty. And people share what they've learned when things didn't go right, things people share their expertise. And we make it practical for you, the nonprofit leader, leader or clergy, to use in your day to day work. Today, we're talking about this mysterious thing we call a website. Oh, yeah, we just put it up and there it is, placeholder. Well, that's great and it might serve your purposes, but there's a whole lot more that you can do to connect with your supporters, donors, volunteers, those people that wanna help you achieve your mission. And we're gonna help you learn how to connect with them because we are so interconnected on the digital world today. And um, my guest today is a, is a friend that I've known for maybe a year and we resonate on many, many things, including the importance of getting your message to the people who want to receive your message. So Mark Stebbins is my guest today. So Mark, tell people a little bit about who Mark is and then what is your passion for this thing that you do, this digital marketing, this connecting with, with people that matter. Mark Stebbins, welcome. Tell people Thank about you. Thanks, Hugh. Uh, yeah, I'm Mark Stebbins. I've been in the marketing game for quite a while, since 2003. Uh, I got into this because I really want people to understand their marketing needs to be an investment in their company, not an expense. It's critical that every penny, especially in the nonprofit space, be accounted for and actually work for the company. So we start that off with the web. Um, it, it really is a the, the most critical part of your, your branding, your marketing. It's the hub. It's your first impression. And it can be so much more than just a brochure on the web. So I'm really excited to be able to share some of the things that are, are critical to your website. Um, if you're a guy that's just starting out that just has a template website, you want to actually turn that into a 24-7 marketing machine to create traffic, get donors, get conversions, all of that good stuff, we're, we're going to help you to get there. And um, yeah, I, I'm, again, Hugh, I'm just really excited. So thank you for having me. Well, and Mark, I know enough about you from our conversations over, over the year that um, you have um, an expertise yourself, but you also have a team of professionals that have different particular skill sets, and we'll probably get into the different skill sets. So the, uh, should we shift from thinking about a website to a web experience? You're 100% you're correct. In fact, um, <laughs> if you look at the CMO survey, and the CMO survey is a survey that goes out a couple times a year. Uh, it's sponsored by companies like Deloitte uh, and so uh, the American Marketing Association, some other, some, some big heavy hitters. They talk to almost 2,900-ish 2, companies per year. And they all talk about CMO, uh, which is the chief marketing officer, right? Uh, as far as the, the, uh, your question regarding the customer experience, it dropped during the pandemic. Uh, people weren't focusing that much. So we've, we've seen from February to August, we've actually seen a 21% increase overall in people focusing strictly on 
that marketing budget, excuse me, from their marketing budget to focus strictly on the customer experience once they visit your website. And, and that goes into detail with a lot of different aspects. It could be video. It could be how easy is it to use, get to your donor button. It could be that initial impression. A lot of times people overlook the artwork because they're used to seeing the way the website looks. Um, and But what I mean by that is Google and, and other search engines have kind of dictated how the web is viewed these days. So you're going to see things that are very modular because we all have to take your cell phone or mobile device into consideration when going. So if you remember like back in the early 2000s, websites used to be big, beautiful, overly designed things. And as a designer myself, that was one of my favorite things to do was just put a ton of labor and just make this thing absolutely beautiful. Well, as time has gone on, we really had to strip a lot of that out in order to meet load time requirements so that we're, we're hitting those SEO speeds so that we're ranking well. So what's the point of having the website be beautiful if nobody's going to see it because it's ranking too poorly. So finding that delicate balance and working with a professional to help that website look phenomenal, have the right key elements in there that's going to make it a convertible destination, as well as uh, let it be seen, you know, excuse me, as well as it be uh, converted by your visitors, have them fill that donation form out, get that monthly, whatever your ask happens to be. Um, there, there, again, there's just a lot that goes into it. Well, you know, we do a lot of good work in the nonprofit world and we impact people's lives, but we don't know how to connect with the community, the people that don't know about us and the people that maybe have been supporters, but they don't know how effective their donation has been toward creating results. So when somebody comes to your website and um, what's the first thing that people, that we need to think about the customer experience. Now we're using the word customer. We're, we're in a, um, we're, we're in the business of, of nonprofit. We're in the business of church because there's a financial component and there's what we're going to talk about is conversions. Um, I love the acronym hits. People brag about had so many hits and I, uh, Tom Antion taught me that hits is how idiots track success. And so there's another whole component of conversions. So let, let me back up to my question. What's, what do we want people to see when they get there? And then what do we want them to do? When they, when they get there, they need to see a, a concise message. They need to understand what it is you do right away. What's the, what's the cause that you're promoting? What, what is this? Uh, business, I'm going to say business, just what is your business all about, right? And that can be conveyed through a couple different ways. A lot of times you're going to see big videos up top. You're going to see a large hero image with a cool slogan. You need that instant hook. And in that hook, it really needs to have concise messaging that's going to let the people know that they have arrived at the right place. Once it's there, then we need to make sure that we convert them. So to your point about hits, anybody can drive traffic. The problem is, is that the right traffic. So when you get the right traffic there and they visit and they understand that they are where they need to be using basic uh, visual communication strategies, you can get them to, you're basically going to direct them from point A, which is your homepage, all the way down to your donor form or contact form, which is our end goal. So you see people throw around the term sales funnels a lot. Sales funnel is just a fancy way of saying landing page. Uh, it was marketed very well your website needs to be more robust than just a typical landing page. Because again, once they get there, that, that initial visit, the, the initial um, contact 
that initial experience, that, that photo, that video, whatever it's going to be to hook them in there. Um, you know, as long as it's laid out well, they're going to find everything they need on that website. So, yeah, there's a, there's um, a map, a wire, wire frame, whatever we call it, it's all the things we want. Now, um, my website's got like 400, 500 pages because I've got years worth of these posts. There's, you know, these, these webinars, these um, interviews each have their own page, but they all have a lot of content. And I have articles that have a lot of content and I have programs that have a whole lot of content. So I have seven years worth of stuff out there in podcasts and, and videos and, and the, we transcribe the videos because Google doesn't look at the video, they look at the words. So let's talk about how people are gonna find your website. And there's this mysterious thing called search engine optimization. We call it SEO. And it seems to be magical. How does, how does the search engine, I guess the big dog is Google, but there are other search engines, Bing and whatnot. How do they find you? Is that simply the, the SEO and how does that work? So SEO, there's a lot to it. There isn't really one magic bullet that's going to be like, hey, you're first page of Google now. Um, if you really look at Google, it's changed a lot, even from five years ago. The majority of those first page websites that you see are all paid advertisements. So a key component to your SEO is going to be getting that PPC aspect, which is a pay-per-click. So we Google ads, right? We need to take all of that and put that into your marketing budget. It has to be a part now if you want to be seen on page one. Organic ranking is much, much harder to do. And if you're not up there already, you do have an uphill battle in front of you. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's just not going to happen overnight. So a lot of things we, we're going to look into that's going to help you rank um, go beyond just the visuals. It's the code behind it. It's the site and the speed performance. Um, you want to have a good company that's going to provide uh, premium website support. What do I mean by premium is, is they're monitoring it for you 24-7. If you're using a WordPress website, the, the back end goes out of date almost immediately, it seems like. Your, your plugins, your WordPress core, all of that has to be up to date. And that is, that is going to help you overall. Um, you know, you want someone that's going to help with your ad campaign management, somebody that's going to be looking at cross-browser and, and device design review so that all those that cool, beautiful design that you've made looks right when it's being loaded up on, on a mobile device. Um, and then you also have to take into accessibility. A lot of people forget that there are mandates now and, and laws that we have to make sure that your website is ADA compliant. So, you, you know, people with, with hearing issues, people with visual issues, uh, we got to make sure that your website meets all of those, those parameters as well. All of that stuff, and, and including, and I'm, again, I'm just scratching the surface, that has to do with your, your SEO. Um, video, backlinks, uh, <laughs> again, I could just go start going down the list. There's a lot to it. There, there's just, we don't have the time to go into all of it, but uh, again, it's really, you wanna just do your research, work with a company that has a proven track record of success and let them sit down with you and work through all the subtle nuances about how the campaign is gonna be customized to your business. There's no one size fits all. That's why I get very leery of companies that offer a, like, here, here's our $600 package. It's like, well, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for you because we really need to do a competitor analysis and see what they're spending online because they could be spending $10,000 a month and your $600 isn't going to put a dent in and you, you just threw your money out the window. Well, there's a, there's a ROI here, return on your investment. Um, and so you mentioned earlier that, that um, the website is an investment. Now, 
we have this um, this unique ability that we attract the volunteers, but there needs to be this really clear value proposition of why people should care. And you start out by saying the first impression is what do you do and why do you exist? And that that is so important. And we don't do that very well. So what are some statistics? I know people that come to a website, they look at it and how many seconds do they stay there before they're hooked? Oh man, we used to have up to nine seconds. I think it's dwindled down to like under five seconds, not three to five seconds now. It, it's, I think we're all just byproducts of MTV at this point. We're so used to the quick cut. It just happens really fast. So you, you have to have that initial pop, grab them right away, unless they specifically searched your website out organically, which means they typed in your, your, your domain into the browser itself. Um, that person you have a little bit more time on. But if it's someone that just found you online, if they don't understand what's going on on your website, you've lost them. They're gone. Yeah, yeah. So you want them to be able to easily know what to do next, right? Correct, correct. So, oh, go ahead. There's a, there's a fold. It's like the paper fold. You know, what, what you can see on your screen. So talk about that part of real estate and, and how does that relate to people wanting to, then maybe not going to scroll down in that 4.3 seconds or whatever they're there. So they need to see something in their screen at the beginning, don't they? So, yes, um, the fold, as you, and that's a common term, uh, its importance is it's critical. It's important, but design has changed to where you're seeing that fold actually be filled up with one large video or one large, what we like to call the hero image, right? And then in that there's a cooked link that you can get deeper into the website, learn more, read more, something along those lines that encourage them to go in there, but, but you still have to incentivize them. So you're going to do that with some form of text or a really just amazing video that's going to allow them or encourage them to want to click deeper. Otherwise, you're looking with shorter banners uh, that don't fill up the entire page to the fold. And then you can put in like three to four different uh, highlights, right? They could be different services. They could be, I always like to make sure that we cook in a testimonial at the top somewhere. Just if the internet says it, it must be so, right? <laughs> That's kind of the way we function these days. Uh, beneath that, you can also do what's called a social proof bar. And what that is, is we've all seen them. It's the strip of logos of companies that have done business with you or have verified you or, or have talked about you. And just having those logos adds instant credibility. So if you're a nonprofit and you've worked or you've been interviewed by CBS or NBC or, or some, some media outlet, or maybe you've done stuff with the Met Gala, who knows, right? Whatever that happens to be, your partner in that aspect, you can put that there. So there's a lot of things to consider. Now, as far as traffic, you mentioned AdWords. I think it's now they've rebranded that Google Ads. Google Ads, yeah. Um, um, so as nonprofits, we can get a $10,000 a month grant. Now, that does you absolutely no good if you just want. And when I first got it, I tried everything and couldn't spend but $300 a month. So there's, there's an art in being able to spend the money but you can spend the money and end up with no results. So having someone that's experienced to know how to connect both ends. So people are searching for certain terms and when they get to your website then they don't find that easily, they just, they leave. So that's, what is that called that when they go and they leave? Bounce rate. What's that called? Bounce rate. 
Oh, the bounce. Yeah, they're yeah. in and out. It's like a ball bounces. So yeah. give us some wisdom. And I know that's part of what you do. So you and your experts know how to create that whole system. So we we want to move toward conversions, which is people actually getting on your list and being able to have conversations with you or signing up to be a volunteer or a donor or something. So how do you navigate that space? So a couple ways uh, when you're talking about the ad specifically it you really have to have it written well right if, if you're misleading in the ad or if it's not written well it's just poorly worded you're, you're not going to get the click for one once you do get the click and they land onto the website then your content really has to be dialed in so i've got a team of content writers content creators uh, you know graphic designers programmers I, we're all here we're, we're doing this 24 7. we want to make sure that once they get to your page that visually one that's engaging if you're looking for volunteers for example have a picture of some volunteers on there right have uh, some existing one. if you don't have any volunteers yet there's plenty of stock photography we can purchase to make it look like you have some volunteers that are having the best time of their lives and we'll make sure that that visitor is just engaged to say yes i want to learn more and then we'll go with a simple form fill and that can be part of your conversion uh, conversions can be measured in different ways based on the business. For nonprofits specifically, it's going to be form fills and donors, and or unless you're looking for like full-time employees, it, whatever the campaign is, we'll, we'll make sure that we're targeting for that. However, once they get to the website, if it's not engaging, a nice video would be great. I'd love to see a small video, nothing too obnoxious or long, just something with some good music, uh, a nice, clear, professionally done video that encourages people to learn more, maybe read the paragraph that's actually under it, and then fill out the form because counting on people to read these days is kind of a big challenge. So I look and look on some nonprofit websites for, this is another element of social proof. I encourage people to have advisors at large who are well-known people in, in their space, um, former company presidents or mayors or, or something like that. But I look for that information on their website and they keep it hidden. There ought to be a real visible page or link to the, the, the team or who we are or whatever it's called. So talk about some of the essential elements that a website needs to have. So I, I see that's social proof. If you have credible people that are on your board and represent you as, as advisors, I think that speaks strongly for somebody who wants to be a supporter or a donor or whatever. So, so how should that page look and how, how easy should it be to get to? So you're thinking more like a staff page, right? Or which will include the advisors or, or are you just talking about donors? You can do that in a couple different ways. Um, we've done one for a company out of, or nonprofit out of Lamar. They're just real small, real small guys. They're called God's bread box. And they like to put a list of their donors that have achieved certain milestones as far as their contribution each year. So they give them a highlight and that again, adds credibility to it. They elected not to include their staff and that's their choice. I would have loved to see that. And when you put the staff up there, again, it also bolsters the credibility of the nonprofit because you don't want people thinking this is just some throwaway scam. People are very wary of nonprofits. They've kind of gotten a bad rap over the last few years because of a lot of bad actors in the space. And it's our job to make sure that we're conveying the message that allows people to donate with trust and confidence. And to your point, the social proof that we have on there is critical 
we really want to do that. However, if someone's camera shy, there's workarounds for that. In fact, we did a company one time where their entire staff just gave, uploaded a picture of their, their pet. So it was a lot of dog photos and a couple of cats with their name, but it added a little bit of personality to it. So it wasn't so uh, just, hey, here's a bunch of people in suits, right? So, and ironically, you know, some of the higher ups had chihuahuas, which was amazing. So I love that part. <laughs> well, you know, the, the staff, many nonprofits have minimal staff. But they, we get to augment with the volunteers. But specifically, we have board members who are typically the business leaders or other leaders in the community with education or government or, or whatever. So having a page with their pictures and a description of who they are, I think is critical for social proof because here are credible people in the community giving their time and their talent and their money to this and not having that prominent, I think is a big mistake. What do you think? I couldn't agree more. Another um, nonprofit we work with is called Hospice of the Valleys. In fact, we're right in the middle of a rebrand right now. Um, Dr. Leslie Cochran is very well known down here in Southern California and uh, just adding his name, he's, he's basically the number one guy there. So, uh, and Hospice of the Valleys is a pretty large nonprofit. And clearly they, they focus on, on hospice, but having his name there and I, i've been to a few of their events um it, it's it's very well done very well funded and again if you have someone who's prominent and people are going to know and have that credibility added to your website put it on there don't don't be camera shy absolutely include that so you talked about a, a rebranding so let's um let's go back to the very beginning you know i was born very young no let's go back to the very beginning you want to either redo your website and things change. So we, we get to a place where we say, okay, we just need to rethink this thing. And sometimes we start out with what we think is good and then trying to use it, we say, okay, we need to rethink it. So how do we, if, if we were gonna come to somebody like you and do a website, hey, I want a website. Well, it's not just magic. There's a, there's a, a, a buy-in that we need to come with. Here's some critical things that we wanna communicate. Now, one of them, many misunderstood words like leadership is branding. Um, people think now you do graphics and you've got your graphic behind you there, your, your logo, which is not your brand. So speak a little bit about how, I guess the website grows out of what your brand is, your brand image, your brand promise, all of those pieces of the brand. Then and, then and only then can you create the space that we call this web experience. So talk about where do we start in thinking about what this looks like and how do we come to somebody like you with a pretty good list of, of to-dos so we can at least have that beginning conversation? Yeah, well, fortunately, I'm going to help you out right out of the gate because we've been doing this for so long. We already have that list created, right? but we're just going to give you the list of this is what you should need and this is what we recommend you have. That's going to include things like, you know, make sure you're, you're a nonprofit, you're going to be running events. So let's make sure we have an event calendar on there. We want to make sure we have things like the, uh, your newsletter sign up, keep, keep in touch, keep engaged, right? As far as the, the, the list is fairly lengthy, so it doesn't apply to everybody. But uh, one of the other things is if they're new, if they're just getting started, we want them to look, take a look at other websites. And one of the biggest mistakes is people tend to focus only on other websites in their industry. So if you're only looking at other nonprofit websites, you could be missing out on great marketing tools and strategies used by larger or more successful companies that you just want to maybe cannibalize that part and incorporate some of that 
flash or flare and put that into your website to help engage users. Now, as far as the branding can, is concerned, no, your logo isn't your brand. You're 100% correct there. Logos are great. They're, they're what we want to burn that into your, your visitor's memory so that they, it's easily recognizable. If you're out there at a golf tournament and they see your logo as CenterVision has sponsored this hole, then hey, we know, we know that, about, all about CenterVision. So cool. But part of that, that golf sponsorship is part of what CenterVision is all about. That's part of their brand. They're giving to the community. So part of your branding is the mission. It's, it's the, the vision and it's, it's how your company is going to be portrayed. You look at a brand like Nike or a brand like Coca-Cola. Granted, it's shoes and soda, but it's so much more. We, we know that if someone wearing Nike gear does something terrible, it's going to reflect poorly on the brand, right? And then all of a sudden that brand is associated with negativity. So brand protection is very, very important. We want to make sure that your, your name isn't getting associated with terrible things. We only want to associate it with wonderful things. And we'll make sure we can do that through, through reputation management online. That's great. Um, we're talking with Mark Stebbins. It's Stebbins, S-T-E-B-B-I-N-S, media.com. And, you know, um, not only does he do it for other people, he's done it for himself. And I believe you said this is new. And it's, it's really, you get above the fold. We've got the whole world there. It's a digital world we go to your um to your website so this checklist of things is that available somewhere or do we have to email you personally to get it that's a one-on-one -on -one, uh checklist so yeah shoot me an email i'm happy to share that with anybody it, it's a general intake form that we like to give to anyone looking to rebrand their website up, update it you know a website really should be refreshed every three to five years if you're at that five year mark or beyond let's talk because probably if even if you like the design your code's out of date we got to fix that and make sure you're you're up to snuff because you are getting penalized as far as your load speed goes as far as when google does their web crawl and looks at are you relevant are you recent you know that that's a problem another thing that you can help to do to bolster your seo is just add dynamic content on on a regular basis stay active in your blog little things like that are going to help you out there's a lot of things you can do on your own that doesn't require a company like mine to come in and do for you However, if you don't have the time, we're happy to do it. So um, getting the counsel of a professional is an investment. So I would, I would, um, I would encourage people, I did, and, I'm, and I still have counsel, and I still find there's a whole bunch of things I need to know that I don't know. And by the way, I have other gifts <laughs> and that, you know, my gifts are better used other places than me trying to figure out stuff that I don't know how to figure out. And, and so if I haven't figured them out by 75, I'm not gonna figure them out too much. But um, so coming to this, so how can people, is it Mark at Stebbins Media? Yeah, just uh, email me, Mark at StebbinsMedia.com. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy to have that conversation with you and then Again, to, to any one of your, your listeners, viewers, friends, family, whatever, whoever's out there, if you're just wondering what your competition is doing, what it takes to play ball in that, uh, that space, if you're really interested in SEO, we'll give you a free competitor analysis. We'll take a look at your website, give you a full review. It usually takes us about five to six hours. I'm happy to do that for free for any of you guys. That's great. So um, getting the data to know what you're up against. We don't think it's important to look at who else is doing what we're doing. 
Now we, we can call it competition. We can call it alternatives. Um, people that have a need, like we feed hungry people or we help people get out of poverty or we help people seek medical care that don't have, don't have it, whatever we do, um, we need to look at what the options are so we make sure that we are clear on what we do differently. So it's creating the differentiation, which is part of our branding. Here's our niche and here's the value proposition that we offer people. So Mark, what are some of the biggest mistakes people make in creating a website? Oh man, <laughs> where, where do we begin? Uh, you know, one of the biggest mistakes is getting involved with a template website that has a proprietary content management system that doesn't allow you to, to change it. You can't evolve and grow and actually market the website. So. I, I don't want to say the names of these larger entities because I don't like getting sued, but for, for slap, but, but that being said, there, there's a lot of restrictions being placed on a lot of um, box in the box solutions where we want to take you out and build you something custom from the ground up. That way the freedom is yours to, to move laterally, vertically, whatever it may be as far as the growth of your company is concerned or, or extending that reach to optimize better. There, there's so many benefits to building it from the ground up and and we'll use something like wordpress if, if the budget is the isn't the biggest budget don't worry we've, we've got a solution for that but um getting stuck in template websites i would say is probably the number one mistake uh, and it's generally a budget decision and that's fine if you have little to no budget and you just need a brochure on the web for right now run with those you need to have some web presence it's better than none i, I but when it's time to market it and maybe you've fallen in love with that design we can still convert that design into a better platform for you, maybe improve it a little bit for you, give you some suggestions, and then give you something bigger and more robust. The other issue is poor messaging, terrible content, right? If someone gets to your site and they can't understand why they're there, the menus aren't working, there's just glitches. If it's an unusable website, that's another problem that we see a lot of times. And then one of the, I'll, I'll cut it off here. One of the last things is just, really bad photos. You can have the best design in the world, but if you have terrible photography, it, you just shot yourself in the foot. You've absolutely sunk any chances of people taking you seriously. Because again, it, it's, it's what you see matters. It's visual communication. I want to emphasize that a lot. It is all about how image is everything online, right? It really is. You have to portray the image of trust, success, and confidence on people when, when they're on your website. And if they're gonna be donating money to you, they would need to understand that you are a legitimate, credible nonprofit that's gonna take care of every dollar they give to you. It doesn't need to be an afterthought. Um, we, we tend to go into this, this, this minimalist scarcity mindset that it's nonprofit. We can't afford to do marketing. We can't afford to do this, that, and the other. And then we wonder why we're always struggling to meet our budget. And, and so I, I would encourage people to spend an investment, spend it in, as an investment, not an expense, in actually finding a pathway to get more volunteers and more donors, because there's, there's a whole experience piece that, that we're missing out on. And we think just because we're doing good work that people are gonna jump on the bandwagon and help. That's not true. There's a lot of really good causes for people to support. So we need to cut through the confusion and get right to the heart of what's important. You mentioned photographs, and I've learned over the years that part of the search process is 
the file name for the photograph should be words that people are looking for because the file name will come up. And then what's called the alt tag, which is the words behind the picture. That's what the search engines look for. They don't see the picture. They look for the, those words, correct? Yeah, that would be done in, in what we like to call phase one. We have phase one and phase two uh, levels when it comes to our search engine optimization plan over here. So phase one really focuses on site. We want to make sure we're spending time dialing in the code, adding meta tags, making sure that exactly what you said about the, the photographs, all images are labeled correctly. Because when, when you launch a website, 99.8% of the time, it's not optimized. It's just up, right? And we want to make sure that with our phase one, we're going to go in there and get that dialed in. So yes, your meta tags are important. However, it, they aren't as important as they used to be. But don't neglect it. That, I mean, that's not going to be your magic. Well, and like I said earlier, there is no magic bullet to SEO. It, this is a machine, and you got to make sure all the cogs are fitting well and, and working together. <laughs> you mentioned backlinks a while ago, and, and define that, and how do we negotiate those? So backlinks, uh, it's a little bit more of an advanced tactic. You need to make sure that, well, a, a backlink is a link to your website from another website. That's essentially the backlink, right? But more importantly, that those backlinks are coming from websites that make sense and that are relevant to your website. If you're getting backlink, so how do you do it? You can be a guest blogger. That's one of the fastest, quickest ways to do that. Just offer to be a guest blogger on another website. Say, hey, I'd like to give you some content. Um, boost your SEO, give a backlink back to my website. Boom, we've, we've enhanced credibility. However, what I was just going to say is it may, needs to be from a website that's relevant in your space. Now, I don't want to have a backlink from like a toy website coming back to Stebbins Media. It wouldn't make any sense uh, if it's another marketing website or if it's another, uh, if, if it's something in my area that's going to add credibility and Google smart enough to know, because a lot of times there's, there's junk websites that have nothing but nonsense on them. And then there's a, a backlink that goes back. I've seen it. I, and one of the ones that cracks me up to this day, it, it, the, the, my poor client, they sh showed me this link. It was a website that had nonsense on there. It was just a lot of nonsense. It didn't make any sense. It said, humongous jumping train, client's URL. And the, there's their backlink. How is this going to help you? <laughs> I mean, it, it doesn't help. So, and, and again, there was a lot of games that used to be played, but Google is wisened up and their algorithms are very, very smart. So that's, None of that stuff is going to work anymore. It isn't going to work. It's just a good old integrity still still works. So Mark Stebbins has been our guest today, and we've we've packed in the whole time here with uh, useful tips. So it's it's uh, Mark. I'm going to come back to you for a closing tip or challenge or thought for people. But it's, it's Stebbins S T E B B I N S Media, and if you want to con dot com, and if you want to contact Mark, it's Mark at StebbinsMedia.com and uh, he this just to call call Mark and get his his tips for checklists for setting up a website would be educational in itself. So Mark, what do you want to leave people with today? I, well, I want to touch on something I, I spoke on a little earlier. Was if your website is three to five years old, let's have that conversation. Let's talk about it. Let's see where you are design wise. Let's see where you are code wise, and make sure that you're absolutely taking advantage of everything that you can. Um, just don't let it sit. And again, work with a company that's going to kind of back up what they say. <laughs> you know, give give some give somebody with a, a lot of experience the time to 
educate you a little bit. So yeah, I, I'm just here to help. I, I'm really, thank you, Hugh, for letting me you know, talk to you about all this stuff. I, it, it's just important. It, to me, the website has always been the most critical part of your marketing period. There's a lot that goes into it, but even your sales team needs a great website to refer their clients to go back to and, and legitimize everything. So let's make sure that that part is dialed in. Your sales team is everybody that's a blabbermouth about your work, your board members, your volunteers, your committees, and all of that. Mark Stebbins, thank you for giving us some really useful information today on the nonprofit exchange. Thanks, you. Thank you for listening to the nonprofit exchange. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.